I just felt a few things actually in, um, in the prayer meeting. And uh, again, just to encourage you, we, in this venue, we don't have a big area to pray. We've got a little corridor that we pray down there. But really, it is a moment to, to tap into God, to, to get yourself ready, to get people ready. Because ultimately, on Friday, we're here to meet with the living God. Before I get on to that, um, those who haven't been baptized, I know Star did mention it now. But really, it's not a, it's not a maybe in, in Scripture. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't show whether you're saved or not, because salvation happens through faith alone. But baptism is really just a, I know for me, when it, when it happened with me, there was a, a definite defining moment in, in my life where things just radically changed. And it represents the dying of old self, rising into something new. So if you have not been baptized, next week, Saturday, is your moment. Okay? And I know some people that I'm going to start looking at who haven't been baptized. And uh, I'm going to phone you and text you anyway, because Jesus said you must. Okay? Um. Just, just going into this year, I really, there's a text in Corinthians that says that when you meet together, everyone brings something. Now that is a culture that we are wanting to, to install into this church. It's not about the few people that grab the mic. I love that Ryan came from the soundboard and, and shared something. Ramsey shared on Isaiah 61 today. 61. And, uh, and it brought something to the prayer meeting. And that's ultimately God's church. And the church that I feel that we are building is a church that everyone's involved not one person is a spectator. And I think you can, you can build a mega church that really you've got a great show that goes on, but you've got maybe 20, 10, 20% of the people that are engaged, that are growing in God, that are being discipled. My, my goal for this church is for every single person to be locked in, to be contributing. If, um, if you're not part of an open lounge, we're going to, uh, in the 20th, we're starting our open lounges again. We've got open lounges across the city. It's key in being involved in the life of the church. And, and growing within the life of the church and getting involved. So everyone brings something. That's one thing I felt. The second thing is um, jo- God says to Joshua in Joshua 1, it says, not Joshua, it's 2 or 3. It says, uh, consecrate yourselves, for I'm going to do amazing things amongst you. And I really feel that God, in, going into this year, God wants to do amazing things in and through us. Not just through one or two, but Every single person who's open to God. Now, we had a time of worship where we engage in God. We say, I've decided to follow Jesus. That's, that is the call for all of us. It's not, honestly, it's not a, it's not, there's not a special call to follow Jesus. It, it is a special call to follow Him, but you are all, we are all the same in Christ. There's no one more important. And I, I really, my longing this year is for everyone to walk into what God has for them. Or at least start, because sometimes it takes years of faithfulness to walk into that. But I, I think if we, just, if we just aim our hearts and our minds towards Jesus Christ, and I just I love that thing where Jesus says, why should we follow you? He says, because we're going to go change the world. And that's, honestly, God, on my tombstone, when I die, I, wanna, I want something to be written that I actually made an effect on this planet. I want to I I know that when I leave, that I've left a legacy to my children. I've left a legacy uh, behind me. I've left a legacy in the city. And that's the call on every single one of us. And the thing is this, it, it's, Dubai will distract you from your call. We just, we just prayed in, in the prayer meeting that God would just tear down distractions. There's so many things that can get in the way of the call of God in your life. And I think you, we all, um, in, uh, one of the prophets speaks about it, it says, it's making your forehead like flint, and it's running towards the goal. So for me to start out 2040, start with a vision. Start with something that you want to achieve this year. If it's small, so could be, okay, well, I want to actually increase my quiet time 
from two minutes to 25 minutes. Spending time with Jesus in the morning. Start with simple goals. Because those little things is going to mold you into the bigger vision that God... And, and honestly, every, I used to sit in church and, and when I first got saved, thinking, oh, look at the guys up front. Uh, I'll never be there. I don't really have a call on my life. What do I have to... Every single person here has something to say and something to give. Okay. Are you all with me? You're not too tired from December. You can smile. Brennan, it's good to see you. You've probably got a bit of jet lag. Come back from Aussie. But um, I'm going to end on Philippians 4, and then we're going to go into a, a kind of a series just really teaching around the body, about it, and being involved in the body, uh, contributing to the body, and also changing the city. So let's just pray together. Father, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that, it's, that it cuts to our heart. Father, and I, I just pray that uh, your presence would, would be here this morning. I thank you for your, your beautiful people. I thank you for the people of City Lights. I thank you that you are growing every single person daily. You grow, they're growing in stature. Father, and I just pray for, for all of us to go from the kiddies' table to the adults' table. That it's time for us to grow up in Jesus' name. Okay, so I can't go through all of verse 4. Um, we have some exciting things happening in this year, which you'll hear about next week. The 4th and the 5th, we're having a staff planning day, and we've uh, asked one or two people who lead different ministries to come in, and we're going to really be planning the whole year, so you're going to have everything laid out for what is going to be happening. So let's read there. Rejoice in the Lord always. Are we in the right? Yeah, Sorry. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything of excellent, any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So my title of today, and I think it's a good one to go into 2014, is Don't Worry, Be Happy. Bruce did a cool little video, I don't know if you guys saw it, but it's... Um, it's an amazing thing. There's a, there's a song by John May, and he, and he says this, the chorus. It says, Alive in the age of worry. Smile in the age of worry. Go wild in the age of worry. And say, worry, why should I care? And I feel that who, who at, at some time in their life has struggled with anxiety? Anxiety is, 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 is apprehensive about future events. So those who didn't put your hand up, I know that you did. Okay, because everyone at some stage in their life, unless you are, uh, where's Chris? Unless you're from Jamaica, um, <laughs> not Chris, but in Jamaica and you're permanently stoned, then you don't ever worry, okay? <laughs> don't worry, that thing. And um, the point is, all of us worry about stuff. All of us have anxiety. I mean, it's something that I've had to work through in my life. I've had times where I've had like ulcers in my mouth. I've had heart palpitations. I, I, honestly, I think, you know, we have, guy, we have guy flu, but then there's also just guy sickness, you know? And it's actually, you think it's, it's not actually that bad, but you're convinced you're dying, you know? So 
I, I went to the, to the doctor, had an MRI, did everything, and there's, apparently there's nothing wrong, but I genuinely felt my, like my heart was beating 50 million times faster than it should and out of time. And I used to sit there and like time it. And anyway, the point is, we all deal with anxiety. And now the world has different ways of, of helping us cope with anxiety. It's, uh, and, and at the end of the day, all it does is just manage the problem. It doesn't solve the problem. So drugs, for the, and anxiety eventually leads to depression. These things, drugs, I've just seen in Denver, Colorado, they've legalized recreational weed. It's all just things that just help you cope with anxiety. Help, it almost, it's, 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 the, it's the thing, this world loves escapism. So every, every bit of thing that happens, whether it's drugs, alcohol, going out, whatever it is, it's an escapism from the reality of life. And I feel as believers, we need to learn how to cope living in real life, going through tough times, but understanding that we can rejoice in the Lord always. Okay. Um, people can say, why do you worry? They say, why? Don't worry about that. I'm like, well, you try to get into my shoes and not worry about something. Because the point is, all of us worry about a future event. We worry about our family, our finances, our future. It keeps us up at night. And I, for me, what I'm hoping to, by the end of today is to give you some tools that will not only... Uh, help you cope with anxiety, but actually eventually get rid of it. And, uh, and understand when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, uh, and all these things will be added unto you, and actually understand that. Do we actually live in the place of, I trust in Jesus, I love him, he's in charge. Okay, let's start with the first verse. It says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything is anything. So, it's not like, don't be anxious about a few things, but then what about finances, family, this, that, what I'm trusting God for, etc. It's absolutely anything we shouldn't worry about. That is way easier said than done. I've got some, some stats for you. And this is the age of worry. I love what John Mayer wrote. It's the age. We live in an age of worry. Um, the most common mental illness in the, US, in the USA is anxiety affecting 40 million people. That's 18% of the U.S. population. Okay, I'm using the U.S. because it does really generalize possibly most of the world, um, at least the first world. Anxiety disorder costs the U.S. $42 billion a year. Anxiety disorder affects one in eight children. And I think there's, there's many things that, are, that, that have factors in that. I think diet is one of the things that also affects kids growing up, etc. But one in eight children are affected by anxiety. I don't know what anxiety was. Um, I remember growing up, and we were meant to move overseas, and, and I, like, I had a different way of coping. I just, for like probably about seven days, I didn't sleep. I literally slept an hour a night. It was just crazy, and I was like 14 years old. So the point is that it, it's, it's all of us would have experienced anxiety at, at times. Okay. In the UAE, there's a guy called Dr. Phillips. Not Ramsey Phillips, Dr. Phillips. He ran the American hospital, and he says every shift that he worked in the emergency ward, he says someone would come in with a panic attack. We live in a city where your, your job, if, if you work hard, you get your visa. Well, your visa is part of it, but if, you, if you're not working hard, your visa, your livelihood, everything can be taken away. You can be sent back to your country struggling. So we work super hard. There's extra hours that we put in a city like this because it's expected of us. I remember chatting to Chantal... Uh, Evans. She was involved in Deloitte. And just the hours that we expected from like 7 in the morning till, till late at night, no one left after seven, uh, before 7 o'clock. And everyone just worked, worked, worked. It was, it was hard shifts, long hours. And we, we live in a city that is 
they haven't actually put out proper stats because I think it will really make the UAE look bad. But we live in a busy city. We live in a stressful city. And there's times where I, you always talk to people, yeah, it's, how you been? Yeah, it's been a very hectic week. I, honestly, that happens nearly with every single person. Now, it's good to work hard, but it's not good to work to the point of exhaustion where you're almost killing yourself and your family suffering. And I think we need to learn how to find rest in God, find peace in God. Apparently, Dubai is the highest out of all the Emirates in terms of the anxiety disorder. And, uh, and from that comes many different things. Depression, uh, sickness. I'm going to show you a few stats later. 80% of physical, emotional, and mental issues are, di- are a direct result of our thought lives. Um, there's a brilliant author, Dr. Caroline Leaf. I was reading a little bit of it yesterday. Um, and we're hoping in the next two years to get her out to Dubai. I'm putting that very vague, but we are in faith. We're trying to get her out and do a big citywide thing. But she's, she's, a, she's a neurosurgeon. Is that the correct thing to say? She operates or studies brains. And she's really studied just how, how your thought life affects everything else and how sicknesses actually just start in your mind, how things often start in the place. And, and she's proven it scientifically. It's not like she's come up with a theory. And now that actually goes back to the Bible. And it goes back to actually what Paul's been saying to us all along, that we are transformed, Romans 12, by the renewing of our mind. That our lives, now it's not po- the power of positive thinking, because that will get you nowhere. You need Jesus Christ, you need to be regenerated by Him, you need to, you need, your life needs to line up towards the Word of God, and then you begin to be renewed. Do not be anxious about anything. Um, let's turn to Matthew 6, 24. I don't have it up, we'll just read it together. People say in the Bible that it was less stressful. There is a lot in the Bible about stress. There's a lot about coping with anxiety, and there's a lot about not worrying at all. Jesus says this, 6 verse 24. Actually, go from 25. The title in my Bible says, Do not be anxious. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you will drink, nor about your body and what you'll put on. How many of us worry about those three things? We worry about our life, we worry about what we eat, what we drink, we worry about our body and our clothes. Is not life more important than food and body more than clothing? Look the birds of the air, look at the birds of the air. They, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And uh, let's go down to verse 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. So let that sink into our hearts. That the world is seeking after the, our things. And God, God has placed us on this planet as human beings. He knows what we need as human beings to carry on living. We need to learn to get to that place of trust in Him. Um, but seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And honestly, I can say without fail, I got saved, call it 12 years ago, gave my life to Jesus, it was all in. I, honestly, I gave up whatever I was doing, followed hard after Jesus, just did whatever I needed to do just to, to, to seek Him. And, uh, and I've always seen the provision of God. And that's a testimony in my life, there's many people, and sometimes it's looking a little bit lean, but again, if you're putting godly principles in place, you, 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 you're tithing, you, you, you're giving, you, you're sowing out, 
God is a God that looks after you. 100%. There's, there's, there's been times, like even in our marriage, where like, you think, okay, where's this money going to come from? All of a sudden, money comes. It's because we have to all learn to seek first God's kingdom. Now, it's not just me in the ministry. It's all of you. Some of you are, make massive decisions at work. Some of you are, are high in your work. Some of you are kind of more middle, middle management, whatever it is. We all serve the same God. And we need to learn, if we just seek first the kingdom of God with all our lives, He's going to add everything else to us. That needs to sink. Because I think that immediately, if we understand that thing, it should bring peace in our lives. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. I love that line. It says, the Lord is at hand. Now, if I had to tell you that Jesus is sitting right next to you, right now, would you worry? And I had, to th- I had to think of this last night. I was like, Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus, Jesus went to heaven. He left the Holy Spirit, the omnipresence of God, being everywhere at once, being individual to a million, billion people all at once. God, can sit, God is sitting right next to you right now. There is no need to worry. There's no need to worry. Now, there's stuff that you could have been a bad steward in. You have to go rectify that. There's clear biblical principles for us to live in. Uh, you can't just live a stupid, reckless life and expect God to bless that. No, there's, there's, there's blessing in obedience. There's blessing that comes in sacrifice. I've seen that. And it's, and honestly, I read an amazing, just a, I started reading an amazing book by a guy called John Wimber. But he just really, he speaks about how, the power in sacrifice. Jesus' sacrifice brought love to the whole world. If we learn that that same principle applies to others, if we learn to live a life of sacrifice as believer, as believers, the rewards and the blessing that comes is you cannot contain it, the Bible says. It's pressed down. It's overflowing. We need to learn to live in that place. God is standing right next to you. Verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to read something here. John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples before he went off to heaven. He says, I do not give as the world would give. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I think at the, at, at the end of the day, anxiety is a lack of faith in God. It's, it's, it's saying that God is not big enough, not powerful enough, uh, He's not good enough, that He's actually going to take, take charge of me and look after me. I don't know if any of you have seen those, those jelly beans um, where you don't know what flavor you're getting, but then you eat it and it's like a weird, I think they even made like a vomit flavor. I don't know if you've seen that. I try to get hold of some, they just they don't seem to sell them. Yet. But um, the whole thing is like sometimes we think that's 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 like the will of God. Like you're gonna you got this outside thing. It's like it looks like a strawberry. You think, oh, stoked! I'm gonna run. I'm gonna eat it. But actually, it's vomit. And sometimes we think that that is what God has for us. We think that God is gonna lead us down negative paths. He's gonna he's gonna try trick us. He's gonna say, ha ha ha! I showed it a strawberry, but actually, it's gonna be vomit. That's not who God is. We have to understand that God is good. God loves us. He, his, his love is a furious love. It's, it's pursuing us. It's, it's, it's pouring out. Upon, he cannot be anything else but love. And He's going to lead us into good paths. And we have to understand. We have to trust. Jeremiah 29, 11, A good verse. If you don't know any verse in the Bible, okay, learn that one. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope 
and a future. See, Bridget's reciting it with me because she's probably said it a million times. That, when, when you're going through times where it looks like there's no hope and no future, start proclaiming the Word of God because it trumps every single thing that you're going through. A lot of us are looking for escapism to find peace. Where actually the peace comes through Jesus. Romans 14.7 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness from Christ, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Key, in the Holy Spirit. We have to understand what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some people grow up believing that it's Father, Son, and the Holy Bible, but it's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God left the Holy Spirit behind so we can interact. He's the paracletos. He's the one who walks alongside us wherever we go. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Forsake, forsaken, forsakes, forsook us. Okay, we just made up a word there. Um, Amplified says this, in God's peace, in brackets, it says, shall be yours the tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, so that fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot in whatever sort it is, that is peace. That's the peace that Jesus wants to give us. And, uh, and I think, you know, if, if we are able to carry that peace in our lives, it actually affects people around us. It affects people in our companies. Where, where you go into, some of you work in companies where it's like high, high stress levels. If you come in there with the peace of God and understanding your salvation... Here's the thing. Death has been taken away. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you don't have to fear death anymore. If we don't have to fear death, ultimately, what should we fear? There's nothing to fear from now on. Can we turn to Ephesians 2, verse 14? Love this verse. Galatians, Ephesians 2, verse 14. For He Himself is our peace. Now, the, the, the Greek word for peace in the New Testament is like, I think it's Arion. I, I don't even know how to say it. It's like E-R-E-R-E-N-E, something like that. In the Old Testament, it was Shalom. Who's heard of Shalom? Clearly, has just been to the Holy Land. And uh, when, the, when you get greeted in, 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 in Israel and say goodbye, it's, it's Shalom. It means peace be with you. It means wholeness. It means tranquility. It means state, a tranquil state of soul. And it says, here it says, it's for he himself is our shalom, who has made us both one, and he's broken down his flesh and dividing the wall of hostility by abolishing the law and the commandments expressed in the ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of the two so that they're making peace. The point is, I don't like that version. It's quite complicated. The point is this, Jesus abolished, there was a wall between us and God, Jesus became that peace so we can, can now engage with God again. That ultimately is peace. When we find, and the only way we can find our Creator is through Jesus Christ. Some of you are going through turmoil. I know that. Jesus is your peace. Some of you are looking for jobs. Some of you are waiting for breakthrough in work. Some of you, it's just a struggle. Jesus is our peace. And sometimes we have to fight for that peace. Sometimes we have to warfare for that peace. We have to, we have to strive to enter into the place of rest. 1 John 4, it says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears it is not made perfect in love. Perfect love, Jesus Christ is perfect love, 
drives out all fear, drives out anxiety. Can, honestly, for me, I, don't, I really don't want to leave today and you guys just carry on like you did last week. And you still worry about the same stuff that you did. Jesus is in control. He, what, just think in your mind right now, what's an area you're struggling with? What's an area you're struggling to trust God in? Or you think God has abandoned you? Just think of it right now and just say Jesus is in control. He is 100% in charge, in control. He's a good God. He loves you. He's leading you down righteous paths. It says, God, this, this piece, it says, I'm going to go straight to verse 7. It's, I missed that verse 6. I'll get back there. The peace of God which surpasses understanding. Um, if you look in the Amplified Version, it says it transcends understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now the word guard there is actually the word for garrison. It's a military term. It's almost to hem in and protect. So actually, I want to, Junior, can you come up? Johnny, Ramsey, Bruce, Brendan. That should be fine. Okay. So just imagine these people right now. What I want you to do is, is link arms around me. Okay, around there. Okay. Whatever. Link arms a bit gay. Anyway. <laughs> this is a garrison. This, if we do what God says here, I'm going to get into it now, but by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, we made our request known to God, this becomes your protection. Thank you. We all got the point. It's troops stationed at a particular location. There's a protection that comes when we live in our lives in communion with the Father. Okay, so there's two areas that we actually need to learn to abolish anxiety and to abolish fear in our lives. The first thing is in your actions. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Everything is everything. I said anything is anything, everything is everything. Every single moment of your day, it's coming before the Father and living in total communion with Him. And the thing is, so often I get phone calls from people, they're just stressed out, they're going through this and that. And actually, if I had to push back to what, what the cause was, is that they never actually have been spending time with Jesus. So all of a sudden things have fallen apart, but they haven't done this. They haven't with, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. That's the key. And that's for me where the warfare comes. Sometimes you don't, there's nothing you can do to, to lift this anxiety off you. The Bible says that they have a spirit of praise for a spirit of heaviness. If, if you're feeling this anxiety on top of you the whole time, some of you struggle with depression, get before God. Thank Him. Thank Him for all. Start writing a list. Put on worship music. We, honestly, we have to realize, and Stan and I have said it quite a bit over the past few weeks, is that we are in a war. There is a war for every single one of your souls. Jesus has ultimately won it, but you can either live a life that's radical for him, or you can live a life that you just kind of scrape into heaven. And uh, the thing, Dubai, honestly, there's so many distractions. There's so many things that are trying to get in the way of your call and what God has called and placed on your life. And I feel that going into this year, just throw off everything that hinders. Rome, uh, Hebrews 12. Throw off everything. Throw off every weight that is holding you down. Throw off everything that is not of him and start running out the race that is set before you. Thanksgiving says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Jesus said his burden is light. His yoke is light. His burden is easy. We need to learn how to cast our anxieties onto Jesus. We need to say, God, I can't carry this thing right now. I'm battling to sleep. I'm worrying. About, I mean, 
honestly, guys, pastoring a church, you worry about people, okay? I, I often just lie there and I just sit there, staring at the ceiling. And just then I, all I have to do is just, I can say, Father, I bring this person before you. I thank you that your hand is on their lives. There's nothing I can do right now, lying in my bed, that is going to change the situation. Star knows this of me. I am actually preaching to myself today, okay? There's a spiritual battle going on. Friday is a church. We pray before the meeting. We just say, God, would you just, would you just come and ready people's hearts? You have to read, and that's what I, when I started the meeting, saying, everyone come ready. It's not even like you're going to come up and share a word or whatever it is, but it's coming ready to serve, coming ready to, to give of yourself, coming and give of yourself in worship and lay everything down before Him. Half the battle is won if we all arrive like that. Some of you have financial worries. I want to read a, um, out of Philippians here. I don't have time to teach on this properly, but um, who's worried about finances at some point in their life? Again, I wouldn't say lying, I'm just saying, you just didn't put your hand up. This is a, a great verse to memorize. It says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now that's a good thing to memorize, a good thing to know, a good thing to learn. But we have to understand that before that, there's a whole lot of stuff that Paul says. And he, I'll just read from verse um, 15. It says, And you, the Philippians, 4 verse 15, And you, Philippians, know that when in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonica you sent me help for the needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. When we give to kingdom initiatives, you can bank your life on this. So whether you're tithing to the local church, you're giving to kingdom initiatives outside of the church, uh, within the church offerings, God is crediting your account. And He's going to supply all your needs according to the riches that are in Christ Jesus. These principles, if we put in, in, in place in our life, we can expect the flood and the blessing of God that you won't be able to contain any of it. So Paul's saying this, and this is me ending in 4 verse 8. It's, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is pure, honorable, just, let's uh, say pure again, pure, what is lovely, what is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, I did a little bit of, of study around this, but, uh, and you can go chat to Nadine in real afters, but as, as you repeat stuff, and as you, you kind of do stuff over and over, there's these pathways, these neurological pathways that are made in your mind. So it's almost like creating memories. It's, I'm, I'm really probably not doing this justice. But anyway, I'm trying to remember all the stuff that I read. But basically, Paul is saying here, he says, from verse 9, he says, What you have learned, received, and heard, and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So it's, it's, a, it's a repeating over and over and over of these things. So if you are struggling to not, and you don't have peace in your life, go into 2014, go read this verse over. Think of these things. Because if, 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 if your thought life is crowded with all good stuff, true, noble, pure, lovely, commendable, you're not going to have space to think about negative things. And you're going to start creating pathways in your head that, that's going to become your, your automatic default in whatever you, you, situation you face in life. And then it doesn't matter if you're going through a valley, if you're going through a high place, because you've got this in place. We need to make a habit of stuff in our lives. And then God's peace will be with you.
Can we pray? I love that uh, line. It says that the peace of God that surpasses understanding. The peace of God when it doesn't make sense. Um, I feel that that is what God is wanting to do amongst us today. He's wanting to almost just, uh, just get rid of the clouds, get rid of the darkness, just shift that all away and let the peace of God come and reign in our hearts and lives. So can we all stand together? I'm going to just pray over all of us. I feel like uh, people have created prisons for themselves and their minds um, and of negative thinking. And so what happens is, is that you've exalted negative thinking. You've spoken about it. You've glorified it. You've magnified it because that's been your life. And you've created a prison for yourself in your mind that when Dan brings this word, you cannot receive it. It kicks back out of your prison. And so I just felt to, when Dan was saying that you pray the Word of God, you, you, you pray the Scriptures. That is one way of breaking down that prison and unlocking yourself to be free. Just that last line, it said that we need to think on these things. And I, I really feel that, even what Star said, there's, there's been people struggling with depression, anxiety, Worrying about the future, family, future, finances. And sometimes you, you're worrying and you don't even know why you're worrying because there's a pattern that has been, that you've thought your whole life about yourself, about situations. And I feel God is, is almost wanting to just come in and redirect things today. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, God. Your word says that you are our peace. You abolished death. There's no sting in death anymore. There's nothing to fear.